This episode of the Hubcast is brought to you by Woopra. Inbound marketing plus behavioral data equals marketing superpowers. And Woopra has the tools to get you there. Learn more at woopra.com slash hubcast. Yo, welcome back. It's Hubcast time. And we, we are feeling hubcastic today, aren't we, Duffmeister? Oh, yeah. You know how it is. So Inbound announced five new speakers. Here's what's funny about this. They did not announce it on the actual event page. Mm -mm. They announced it on the grams. I didn't even see an email about it. The first speakers, I, I got an email. I may have missed it. But I didn't see an email about it. Yeah, it was just on their just on their Instagram. So do you want to break down who these folks are there, Duffy? I honestly honestly, I, I don't I'm not familiar with them. But it was in celebration of uh International Women's Day, which was on March sixth. And so we've got we've got five to mention here. Go ahead. Yeah, these are all breakout speakers. So first is Carolyn Kleistra. She's the editor-in-chief of Self Magazine. So I'm not, I, I am also not familiar specifically with any of these speakers. Um, editor-in-chief at a popular magazine, you know, hopefully maybe she'll be writing like or talking about content, something like that. This, none of these uh, specifically detail what, these people are going to be talking about, which, you know, was my point the last time that we heard about some of the speakers is, you know, if I don't know what the topic they're going to be talking about is, I can't really say whether or not I'm excited about them because they could be amazing. They could be amazing speakers that talk about some really valuable things, but I have, I have no way of of really knowing that. But the next one is CAC Wilhelm. She is a partner at Accomplice, which is a venture capital firm. The third is Ty Heath, who is a global lead for market development at LinkedIn. So I think that'll be that'll be super cool. Um, I'm excited about pretty much anybody that's coming to speak from one of HubSpot's Connect partners. Um, I hope that you know she's talking about things that are kind of specific to the HubSpot world. Um, and then Leela Srinivasan. No, that's not how you Srinivasan. I'm not totally sure. Um, She's the CMO at SurveyMonkey. So again, talking about collecting customer feedback, customer delight, could be some really cool stuff there. Um, And the last speaker that they announced is Dara Johnson-Tresder. She is the CMO at Carbon, which is a digital manufacturing company. I think they make a lot of like 3D printers and 3D printed stuff. Um, So again, you know, I think there's lots of potential there for some really good stuff. Um, but it's one of those things where like, I don't know what their topics are. So it's hard for me to say whether I'm excited about them or not. Isn't that an oxymoron? Digital manufacturing? Just saying. Just saying. Just. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) So we also have this new logo and here's what's, here's what's happening. Inbound with a big fat I inbound. Um, so it's just the I N with the like the underline un, the what I'm trying to describe it here if you haven't seen it yet. So there's a new logo. 
here's what's interesting to me. I'm trying to find any news about it, and apparently they just, unlike other like public companies, and even though they say, well, Inbound's not a public company. Well, yes, yes, it is. I mean, it's funded by a public company. So what's interesting here is um, there's no announcement. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of like, it's a little different, I would say, because it's an event, right? So there's some, like, I feel like they always kind of, cha they always change it up slightly. There's always a, a change in the look and kind of the branding year to year, you know, like some of the colors and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I did think that this was interesting. Like they just kind of like rolled it out without saying anything. Like they didn't announce that, you know, this was the inbound 2019 logo or, or anything like that. They just kind of rolled it out real, real low key. It is. Yeah. That's, uh, it's kind of odd. That's kind of odd because, because based on like, so inbound is, is, um, the, the whole idea, the whole premise, and I know they're like they're trying to go towards this anyway. It's like we want it to mean something more than just business. Okay, so if that's the case, then tell us. So anyway, those are the inbound news of the weeks. We got a property of the week. Let's move to that. Uh, we've been discussing field type series, and you want you wanted to um, break down calculation today. Calculation properties. Please break yes. down there, Duffy. Yeah, we teased this a little bit last week when we were talking about multiple scoring properties, but calculation properties are something that was has been released uh, since inbound last year. And what these do is they store custom equations based on number properties. So you can't use them in, in things like forms because they're they're calculations. So they're you have to set it up in the back end. Um, and they're for enterprise accounts only. So this is an enterprise level feature, but it really gives you like, there, there's a lot that you can do with this. And the more that I've thought about it, the more kind of different things that I've thought about, about doing it with, but to kind of explain more what you can do with the calculation property, you can do custom formulas with multiple var variables. So last week we talked about having multiple lead scores. You could create a custom equation that says, you know, I wanna see a roll-up score for um, my demographic lead score plus my behavioral lead score plus my engagement lead score. And I wanna be able to see a score that's those added together. Or I wanna see a score that's those averaged or things like that. We can actually build those equations right within HubSpot. So when you're looking at a contact, you can have a property that says, you know, their aggregate lead score or their average lead score or things like that, um, as well as do more out of the box calculations um, that are associated or that are pulling data from associated objects, which means that uh, I could do something like, calculating the average deal size that a contact has. So if I wanna see that on a contact level, I could say in a calculation property, I wanna see the average of any deal amount associated with that contact. So if there's six deals associated with that contact, it's gonna average the amount of all of those deals and spit out the average into that contact property. Um, some of the other things that you could do with this um, that, that 
kind of they've advertised with this this feature is doing things like calculating potential sales commissions on a deal. So if you know that your commission is 20% or whatever of what the deal amount is, 5% of what the deal amount is, um, you can create a little calculation property for that or even you know, calculating things like you know, the tax that you're gonna have to pay or things like that. Um, and, and so I think that that's, there's, there's kind of the opportunities are endless with some of these things. It's any yeah. number, any number property that you have in HubSpot, whether it's on a contact, a company, a deal, a ticket, you can use in a calculation. Um, so if you've ever found yourself, you know, wanting to, um, you know, maybe making calculations from individual properties or wanting to be able to do that to say like, I want to see a certain percentage of this or these things added together. You can actually do that. Um, Why do you think this is an inter enterprise only feature? So in other words, you know, I look at features and I say, sometimes clearly that makes sense for enterprise. I can see why they put it there, right? And then I look at others sometimes and I say, that sounds nitpicky. Like, why did they not just give that to professional as well? Because that seems like an upgrade of the tool, not, mm -hmm. not an upgrade of the, um, of the service per se. I don't, know, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, but this to me just seems like more of a just a general upgrade of the tool versus a clear tier. What should be a tier upgrade? Yeah. I, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you. Um, it's one of those things where I feel like they're some of these, they're trying really hard to beef up the enterprise tool set yeah, um, yeah. and, you know, make it, make it a real differentiator. And I think that over time and from what I've kind of heard on some, some of these different features is that, you know, they'll eventually be trickling some of this down to the pro level tools once they have the full enterprise suite really really beefed up with kind of the good stuff if that makes sense right it just makes me say so here's here's the way i always view this right who is going to say who is going to say but guys if we do the enterprise we get calculations it's a no-brainer right do you see what i mean yeah like, it, that's I mean, not a conversation it, that somebody's going to have yeah somebody's going to say of... like hey we get in a, we get unlimited emails or something like that, right? right. It's like that okay, that makes a lot of sense, right? Because your scale or whatever. I think but it's it, a more of a complexity thing potentially in that companies that have more complex processes, sales processes, things like that, um, typically want that feature more um, because they have, you know, more. I don't know basically more sophisticated things that they want to be able to see. Um, that's kind of the only, that's the only reason I could think that it would have just been rolled out to enterprise. Either way, you've got it, people. Go calculate yourself, will you? All right. So I want to, um, I want to, I want to do, a, I want to do a real-time test of your, of your predictive analytics, Duffmeister. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was curious about something today, and this is, this is actually something I've been thinking a lot about because words matter, and the way we use words is oftentimes like that's going to, it's really going to influence um, if our audiences understand what we're actually trying to say. And also, 
impacts the, 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 the potential size of the audience that we can reach, right? So mm-hmm. for example, if you say the word SEO, that will limit you to a particular person slash audience when it comes to understanding. If you say getting your website found online when people search, that broadens it dramatically. You said the same thing, right? But it broadens it dramatically. So I, I wanted to compare um, three terms, content marketing, digital marketing, and inbound marketing, okay? Okay. And so if you had to, if you had to guess, um, the, 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 the one, two, three, which I think is, this one's not too hard. Okay, the most searched to the least searched, okay? Digital versus content versus inbound marketing. What would you say they are? I would say digital would be most. Mm-hmm. Then? Inbound? And then nope. content? Nope, nope. So um, right now, here's what's, here's what's really, really fascinating, okay? There was a period of time and this was, um, you know, roughly, literally, right after I I joined HubSpot as a um, as a user in 2009. So there was a period of time right at the end of 2009 when inbound as a phrase overtook content marketing as a phrase, mm-hmm. and basically over the next what was a couple of years, they battled it out. Digital was always a little bit higher, okay? And then all of a sudden, right around 2012, there's split, there's split. And they really started to grow, excuse me, separate in terms of difference. And what's really interesting to me now is this. The phrase inbound marketing is actually falling and it looks like it's a long-term fall, not a short-term fall. Content marketing seems to be just holding steady. Now, when something holds steady, what it means is in the marketplace, it's actually falling, right? You mm-hmm. don't just kind of hold, you start to fall. Digital has continued to grow. Um, and it's a huge gap between digital today and the others. Now, one last question for you to see how good you are, right? And then we'll talk about what it means, if anything at all. Where do you feel the phrase, this is in terms of what people search, okay? Where do you feel the phrase HubSpot compares to content marketing, inbound marketing, and digital marketing? In terms of search volume? hmm Oh. Hmm. somewhere between digital and content. One might guess that HubSpot is crushing them all. Wow. So here's what I would like to hypothesize, right? HubSpot for a long time, they were more about the movement that is inbound marketing, right? Inbound marketing. Then they got to a point where they said, I don't think we can continue to win this battle. 
hence the shift to inbound, which is more of a, let's try to make this more of a, of a movement, of like just a mindset, if you will, that is business. At first, it was just business. Now it's business plus socio plus political, okay? And so that's, that's where the phrase inbound itself has gone. HubSpot also realized, well, we want to have an IPO, right? We mm -hmm. want to be as big as possible. Um, now they're public. And all these things have meant that it just has taken off, right? And so it's a fascinating thing to do. So if you get a chance, um, if you're listening to this, just go online and look since basically 2009. That's when HubSpot started, okay? That's the year they started. And compare content digital and inbound marketing, okay? Use the entire phrase for each. And also include HubSpot in there. It's telling, I think it says where we're going. The, the last thing I'll say about this is there's a reason why today uh, that I almost exclusively use the words, your digital sales and marketing efforts instead of just saying your inbound marketing efforts or your content marketing efforts. Thoughts? Any at all, Duff, if you have thoughts, I'm curious. I think with talking about digital versus inbound, and, and I think this is really where HubSpot is going to, whether or not they're saying it, is realizing that it's not, it's not like one or the other. It's like, I do inbound marketing. And so, you know, I think that that was that was where HubSpot was for a long time was we do inbound. And so we don't do paid advertising. We don't do these other, what, you know, quote unquote, more traditional means. And I think that, you know, their view has very much expanded as the landscape has changed with, you know, thinking about digital marketing as really like the whole digital landscape and how do we help our people by engaging with them across the digital landscape and I think that there's, you know, the certain inbound principles stand, but you really can't just think like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to create content and put it on my blog and that's it. And that's all I'm going to do. And that's going to be, that's going to be it for me. Um, you know, there's, there's so, there's a much more holistic view. I think that HubSpot is starting to take, I think that a lot more people are starting to realize um, and I think that that's, that's really where people are going and not, you know, we talked about omni-channel a few episodes ago and, you know, not so much, you know, omni-channel if you have to be everywhere, but you have to be where your people are and you have to be willing to change the way that you do things based on how people engage, um, and how people buy and, and all of those things. And so, you know, I think that the more that we can we can kind of like sometimes expand our perspective on some of that stuff, the more successful we'll be. Yeah. Uh, I, you can't fight the rising tides. It's, mm -hmm. it's actually a pretty poor strategy, right? Right. You can hold on to things, you know, like the person that held on to the idea that uh, the internet won't be a thing. Right? And so that's where that's, that's what's happening with trends. They're worth paying attention to and it's worth using or, or looking ahead and saying, okay, when we're talking about this, I as a marketer, when I'm talking about this, how do I reference it? How do I refer to it? I'm not saying that you should only necessarily say um, digital here, 
But I can tell you this, there's a reason why I always say digital sales and marketing and not just digital marketing, because it matters and it matters overall to your company. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump forward with this. We've got a quick wish list item this week, which is multiple support forms. What say you? This is something that I know is going to come in the future. It's one of those things that it's like they have to do it, but I really want everybody to vote it up so that it can be prioritized at the top of the product team's list. So right now there's only one support form available in Service Hub, and I've really been diving into Service Hub recently. There's a lot of really awesome things that we can do for our custom customer service people, our solution centers, um, but with only being able to have one support form that automatically creates tickets in your ticket pipelines, it really makes you have to set up all kinds of complex stuff in the back end if you really want to automate that, if you have like things like different support pipelines. Um, so having multiple support forms is really a must-have um, to be able to really use the service hub tools effectively. I know that HubSpot is aware of that. I was actually at HQ uh, earlier this week talking to Dave Barron, shout out to Dave from the service hub. Um, and, you know, I know that this is something that his team is knows is there and uh, is, is actively working on. So go in there and vote it up. Let the people know. Let your voice be heard, people. Let it be heard. And uh, also let it be heard that we got us a sponsor. Whoop, there it is. Yes. We got the good one this episode. Tell us all about them, Duffy. Yes. Whoop. There it is. Whoopra. Whoopra gives you the tools to visualize and optimize every step of the customer journey. So they do sophisticated customer journey analytics. They can pull in data from pretty much all of your different tools, um, whether that's your, not just your website, but your web app, your mobile app, um, any, any, uh, software products that you've built um, so that you can really look at the complete customer journey even after they become a customer. Um, one of the things that Whooper's founder said to me about how they view their platform really stuck with me. He said, Whoopra acts like the brain of the organization. So they partner with all the services you're using to do all of the things and they centralize your data and allow you to analyze it. So they have different kinds of data visualization tools. Um, one of my favorite things is their, their customer journey tools where you can look at, you know, if somebody took these actions, where did they go versus if somebody didn't take this action, what did they do? And you can really dive deep and get really sophisticated uh, with looking at your uh, your not only your visitor, but your customer journey data, which I think is is super cool. And they integrate directly into, Hub, uh, into HubSpot. So you can pull in all of your HubSpot data into Woopra, as well as push data from Woopra into HubSpot if you want to use uh, the data that you're pulling to trigger things like nurturing workflows or follow-up emails or uh, things like that. So you can learn more at whoopra.com slash hubcast. Um, I highly recommend getting a demo of this tool. If you have a web app or a mobile app that you struggle tracking what people are doing and then taking action on those things, you have to watch a demo of this. It's really awesome. You heard her, folks. Whoopra.com slash hubcast brings you to the promised land. Love it. So we got a whole slew of updates this week. 
Um, and so we got to be careful here, Duffy, because we don't want people to fall asleep um, <laughs> because there's a lot. But but still, this is very worthy to mention, right? Because we got a significant one with conversations tool. Mm-hmm. And we've got some service up updates, right, amongst others. So you go ahead and fire away. We'll see if we can hang in there. Yep. I'm going to make it exciting. All right. So couple updates to the conversations tools. One of them is an improved mobile experience. So I'm not going to dive in too much to that. If you're using, um, if you have conversations, this is a user mobile experience. So not the mobile app, but on your site, on a mobile phone, the experience that somebody has with the chat widget is improved. Um, if you're curious about it, you can go to the link in the show notes um, to actually see what those improvements look like. Um, but there have been some frustrations in the past with some of the usability of the live chat on, on mobile. So that's, this is a very good thing. Another really cool thing that you can do now is you can use attachments in bots. So you can deliver targeted content. Um, right within your bots. So a couple of the use cases that they use here are doing things like uploading PDFs for bots to deliver targeted content offers. So if you're using bots to answer different questions or allow people to kind of share with you what they're looking for, um, if you have PDFs or downloadables that you want to be able to deliver to people right within the chat rather than like just linking them to a landing page, you can do that now as well as doing things like sending GIFs or still images that kind of align with your brand to keep things, you know, lighthearted. I know that uh, the team at Impact was really excited to be able to use more GIFs uh, within the bot, um, as well as using images or animated GIFs to visually convey instructions or help customers, um, like sending an infographic to somebody uh, who is, you know, chatting with support or something like that. So you can now add attachments right within the bots. If you go into the, the chat flows tool, um, you're now going to see with the, with your bot responses, the, the option to attach a file, which is great. And then there's actually updates to email within the conversations tool that are really nice. One of them is that you can now start a new email from any shared email account using the same email communicator that you've come to know and love elsewhere in HubSpot. So the little pop-up email communicator now lives within the conversations inbox and you can really quickly and easily compose emails right within the inbox. You don't have to go to an individual contact record as well as responding to email conversations. Um, there's a new simplified reply editor that looks like it's basically the same as the chat reply editor. Um, so if you just want to send a quick email and you don't want to draft up a whole email, uh, it's now a lot easier to do that. Um, and now you can do things like reply all or send to multiple email addresses from the conversations tool, um, as well as change the from email address. And last but certainly not least with conversations, they upped the inbox limit for professional and enterprise users from 10 inboxes to 100 inboxes. So 10 inboxes yeah, already felt like a lot. Um, and they kind of mention in the article that they, uh, that they talk about that there's not a ton of people that probably need more than 10, but there are certain use cases for organizations that have, you know, yeah, that have big support teams and things like that that really need separate separate inboxes. So 
those are your conversation updates. A lot of just kind of little, you know, usability improvements that are going to make your workflow in that tool a little bit easier. A couple of service hub updates. There's now a new dashboard in the customer feedback tool. Um, so up until this point, you saw the same dashboard every time you landed in the tool, whether or not you were using the tool or not. Um, so they've updated that. You're now able to see all of your surveys right within the dashboard, as well as some kind of quick hit uh, recommendations from HubSpot. On top of that, you can now delete survey responses in the feedback tools in the service hub, which is actually something some of you may not even know that you couldn't do this before. Um, but you know, if you were testing out a feedback survey or something like that, you could never delete that response. Um, now, now you can, yeah. And, and it was, it was probably like a function of, they didn't want to allow you to delete it and then have people, you know, just like deleting the, you know, res bad responses that they got or, you know, skewing their numbers. Um, but it's important to be able to do that if you're testing things out. So only super admins can delete responses. So you don't have to worry about, you know, your, uh, you know, your reps going in there and deleting stuff. Um, only if they have super admin access will they be able to do that. Last but certainly not least in the service hub is we now have ticket status op, uh, automation. So this is gonna get built out more and more um, as we go. And this was actually something that I was talking to, to my boy Dave Barron on uh, the service hub team about this week. Um, they're really kind of starting to build out more of this out-of-the-box functionality that's already turned on from you for you as soon as you start using the tools and it just works. Um, and so what this does is it allows you to set, if a customer replies via email to one of your service hub emails, you can have it automatically change the status of that ticket to waiting on us. Or if you reply to a ticket, you can have it automatically change the status of that ticket to waiting on customer, things like that. Um, so right now it's just for if you reply to an email or if a customer replies to your email, um, but I'm sure that they're gonna be building out a lot more of this. You can do things like this with workflows, but they're really just trying to make this more straightforward and out of the box for people, um, which I think is really awesome. We still are going here, Doug. We're going. We, get, we just got two more, um, and these are completely different. So the first one is you now have syncing for LinkedIn lead gen custom checkboxes. This is a new update that came out with LinkedIn ads. Um, so if you're using LinkedIn ads for lead gen and you're using custom checkboxes, that data is now going to sync with HubSpot just like the rest of your data is with your lead gen ads. So not anything too crazy there. Um, but that will automatically happen for you and be pulled in under your LinkedIn ads properties. And last, but certainly, certainly. not least, this no. is actually a really interesting update that I'm really interested to see how people start to use. It's very uh, developer-centric. It's um, nerdy, let's be honest. It's, it's nerdy and you'll copy. likely need a developer to use it, but you can now create personalized customer experiences with CRM object data in the HubSpot CMS. So what this means is that developers now have access to a new Hubble tag that allows you to pull CRM object data into your HubSpot hosted page. 
So with this update, you're able to create customized pages for your audience that's powered by the data in the CRM. So things like custom profile pages that show a contact their most recently purchased product or when their renewal dates are or what contact information you have on file for them or who their account rep is, things like that. Uh, the possibilities really are endless with this. Um, and you know, you're going to be able to basically, it's almost like, you know, using personalization tokens. Um, so these are going to need to be on password protected pages because what this is going to make sure it does is make sure that it's pulling in the right CRM in info, um, for the email, you know, get, making sure that the right email is, uh, is associated with that. But I mean, just thinking about having gated pages for people to really like this is the start of being able to have things like a customer portal that is going to show people their, you know, recently purchased products or their order history or their, uh, you know, re-update or things like that. Like, man, this is, this could good be thing. really cool. Yeah. That's a good thing. And our listeners, they're a good thing. You, if you're listening to this, you, sir, ma'am, you are a good thing. And we are grateful for you. Hopefully you've left a review on the tunes or anywhere out there that you can. Hopefully, you know, you can contact us anytime. Um, you can contact the lovely Karina Duffy at cduffy at impactbnd, bravonancydavid.com. And of course, you can find me in the variety of email addresses, msheridan at impactbnd, or just marcus at Marcus Sheridan. Dot com. We think you're awesome and we do mm -hmm. appreciate you as a listener. And if you have any questions about what's going on with HubSpot, about trends, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. We always do. And uh, if you have any thoughts or comments about uh, Inbound this year, let us know. And uh, otherwise, Duffy, I think it's time to bring this bad boy home. Yeah, let us know what you think. We uh, just might talk about you on the show. And hey, if you're looking for the show notes, you can find them at impactbnd.com slash hubcast. You can listen to all of our previous episodes and see any of the show notes there. And until next time, this is Karina Duffy and Marcus Sheridan saying to you, get out there and get after Get after it, people. Let's do it.